Hello and welcome to a very special post-season episode of the Land Party Lawyers. Our season one may be done, but we are not done bringing you hot content. This episode is recorded live on the floor of GuardianCon 2019 in Orlando, Florida, a gaming and charity event that has raised nearly $4 million for children's cancer research. In this episode, we uh, got to sit down with two, uh, two people who are involved in making the game Control that is coming out pretty soon. We spoke with Slate from 505 Games, who publishes the game, and we also got to speak with Vita at Remedy, who develops the game. And we are really excited. We think you guys are really going to like it. We got to talk with them about some of their perspectives on the industry, and uh, I think you're really going to enjoy it. Excellent. So we are live here with Slate from 505 Studios. 505 Games. 505 Games, sorry. <laughs> Welcome. So yeah, we're here on the floor of Guardian, Guardian Con 2019. The uh, floor is just about to open up in about 40 minutes for uh, general pass holders, so we're pretty excited. Everybody's getting everything together. We were walking around and we got to meet Slate here and uh, wanted to hear, you know, what uh, what's your experience here or what are you here to demo and, and tell us a little about uh, that so far. Yeah, um, so I was at SweatCon year zero. Oh yeah! Uh, back in 2015 at nice. a Miller L House in Tampa, Florida. There we go. When you uh, shut it down. When we shut it down. Yeah. Me and my buddy were the only two who did day two of that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, the, so, so you're a real OG. Yes. Sure. Absolutely. <laughs> Let's go with that. Um, no. And uh, so uh, whenever I heard they were moving it to Orlando, I was just like, "Hey, we need to be here. We need to show off some of our games. I feel like we have the perfect single player game to fit into this community." So. That's awesome. So is this your first time coming as a, a not visitor, as like demoing or, yeah. or an exhibitor, a, a vendor? Or? Yeah. So uh, this is our first time showing off a game here. Um, wow. So we're showing off Control. Yeah. Why don't you tell us a little about the game you're showing off? Yeah. It looks <laughs> like to the a lot of can. fun. Yeah, absolutely. So Control is from Remedy, Remedy Games, the guys who made uh, Max Payne, Alan Wake, and Quantum Break. Right. Uh, and it's published by us, 505 Games. Uh, and it's essentially a third-person action-adventure ex- exploration game with shooter elements um you play as jesse faden who is on her first day of the job as the director of the federal bureau of control um as you take control of jesse you learn that you have access to telekinetic abilities as well as a gun that's moddable throughout the game yeah uh and you're tasked with figuring out why the office known as the oldest house is being invaded by an enemy only known as the hiss so you have to go through the game, kind of figure out the story as well as like what they're doing um, while you understand what her abilities are and you game them as you go. That sounds great. Remedy's known for story-driven games, yeah. so that, that's a good fit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it's, it's, it's really cool to be able to work with, with Remedy. That's awesome. How long has something like that kind of been in process? Um, so we announced it at E3 last year. So E3 20, uh, 2018 is whenever we announced it. Um, and they've been hard at work ever since, the, uh, the, I mean, since before the announcement, obviously. Right. Um, right. But uh, ever since the announcement, hard at work to get it out uh, here in like six weeks. And August you guys are based in wow. L.A., right? Yeah, we're in L.A. Remedies in Finland. Excellent. Yeah. Awesome. When, when does it release? August 27th. Oh, it's so right around the corner. Before all the madness of September hits. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> good, good timing. Call. Yeah, yeah, good timing. <laughs> so uh, w- some of the things we've talked about in the podcast in the past related to game development, you know, loot boxes is a big deal these days. I know. I don't think loot boxes is, is something or microtransactions is something in your game. No. Yeah. Is that something that you're you're seeing that uh, publishers or game developers are kind of taking pride in that this game doesn't have that element into it, or does that not really matter? I don't, th- you know, I I don't think 
at least from my perspective, and this isn't representative of my company at all. Yeah. Um, from my perspective, I don't think anyone like takes pride in it or is bashful about the fact that they do have them yeah. or that they don't have them. I think it's all just, for me as a gamer, it's dependent on the game itself. Yeah. So if it fits in with what the game is, right. then, then have them in there. Right. But, um, like... I like what I like what Battlefront Two did after the 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 entire mess that they had at launch, the infamous they, uh, Reddit comment. Yeah, yeah. So um, and then they <laughs> like took a step back and made everything cosmetic or or everything that you could get in a loot box you can you can get just by playing the game. And I, I felt like that like back stance was like a good a good change for them. Yeah, because they're not then selling you know access to to just winning. They're yeah. actually just selling kind of cool additional stuff. Yeah. It was really interesting. I was uh, reading uh, some articles the other day, and I, I just thought it was great the way somebody described it. They said, you know, like progression, uh, microtransactions. You, you, you've you've paid for the game already, and then now you're paying more to not play the game, <laughs> which is you know a strange bedfellow, right? Uh, I mean, it's it's uh, funny that that's where where we are as a yeah. as a community now, but um, you know, to each their own, I suppose. I mean, yeah. I do I do subscribe to three different MMOs that I don't have time to play, so I basically I do the same thing. Hey, you know, you're keeping them alive. Yeah. You know? Well, that, that's that's the thing is, is some games, they work. And, and, you know, I don't mind putting down uh, a couple dollars here, a couple dollars there to play Hearthstone, for example. Yeah. Uh, I enjoy it, uh, even though I'm still, I'm in that <laughs> hole. A couple dollars, Steve? I know, I know. A couple dollars? I, I don't want to know how much I, I pumped into that game. But it works to for that game, right? Mm -hmm. it, and it won't work for other games. Um, but, but that's just the thing. I'd rather pay, and maybe even more, for a higher quality game, mm -hmm. one that's complete or as complete as it could be uh, on launch, uh, and so you know, I, I think one of the things that this uh, whole issue gets at is maybe the model of selling games. Mm -hmm. uh, we've been what they've been sticker priced for sixty bucks for a long time. Now we're getting a little bit more creative with other packages, you know, limited edition things. I don't know if you guys have any of that with this with with control. Yeah, there's there's uh, there's some there's different tiers of what you can purchase. Yeah, and, and, and so maybe it just kind of gets at you know this evolution of of game purchasing mm -hmm. and, and the content. Absolutely. So as the publisher, can you tell us some of the legal headaches you've, you've had to deal with? I mean, is I, I'm, I'm sure it hasn't been just an easy road all the way. You guys, you know, you have a lot on your yeah. plate. So for me, um, as just a little background, I do influencer relations at 505. So oh, wow. basically everything I do is with content creators. Oh, um, okay. And so far I haven't had any headaches on the legal side. I mean, the most legal I get with people is NDAs. Okay. So, uh, and luckily content creators are great about their NDAs. Yeah. They're um, used to those. Yeah. Yeah. And, familiar. and being a former creator myself, so I used to be a full-time streamer. Um, so you, you get it. You've I seen it, it on both sides. I yeah. get it. And I know a lot of the creators personally, so it's not like they would ruin a friendship by breaking an NDA, which I don't think any of them would or would do intentionally. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like NDAs are like the only thing I really handle. Yeah. And what about, um, so dealing with influencers, familiar with the endorsement guidelines for the FTC, yep. that kind of stuff, and have all that, keeping in, I guess, keeping everybody doing the, the things that you need mm -hmm. them to do so yep. that you don't get, you know, a letter from the FTC is, I'm sure, something you've had to do as well. Yeah, so we, uh, every time I send out a code, just a code for a game, I send out the, the guidelines. Hey, you need to mention this every 15 minutes, or you need to put it in your title or in your social media. Excellent. Smart. Do, yeah. Don't hide it. Yeah, do not hide it. I mean, yeah. why, in any way, it's like, why wouldn't you want to... Like, personally, every time I get a code, like, I want to thank the people. I want people to know that, hey, these guys had faith in me enough to give me a free game. Yeah. Right. Win-win. Yeah. And, and you also know how to deliver it. That way, the influencer, you can say that. You can say, listen, this is 
this is how it works. Like I've done it, you know, this is a good way that the community is going to receive it. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, totally. It makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah. That's smart because a lot of people, they'll just give it out and say, here's your code. Enjoy, you know, mm -hmm. be nice. So, <laughs> so, so looking into 2019, into 2020, what are you most excited about? Dude. So I'm, I like, I'm a completely unapologetic fan of remedy games. So I am excited <laughs> for control. That's awesome. I still have Alan Wake as one of my top five games of all time. Excellent. Um, so we love have the light mechanic in that yes. game. Oh, well, so you're gonna love Control. I just saw it a second ago, and oh, the yeah. mechanics are insane. Yeah, I'm excited. So uh, Control is one of the uh, one of the RTX games. So ray tracing is oh the game. nice. So, um, whenever you go, the play, memes come alive. Yeah. So whenever you go play uh, and you look at reflections and things that ray tracing is known for, you can see the difference by. Uh, with when RTX is on. You're, you're going to break my, my video card. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to break mine. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Control's coming out in August, which I'm, I'm super stoked for. Uh, I'm always excited for Guardian Con. Uh, I still broadcast, but the only times I broadcast is raise money for St. Jude. So this is uh, a convention near and dear to my heart. Um, and then we, we just launched Bloodstain, which okay. was from Koji Garashi. So if any Symphony of the Night fans. Yeah, yeah. Um, tell us about that. Yeah, so Bloodstained uh, is a return to Egovania. And uh, I may or may not have already poured 36 hours in the game. But <laughs> <laughs> it launched uh, two weeks ago. Um, but uh, so That's like a part-time job. That's not yeah, bad. Not right? bad at all. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's a, it's a Egovania, and you take control of a character known as Miriam. Um, and you have been imbued with these abilities, and you're a shard binder. Uh, and as you sounds a little Brandon Sanderson. Yeah. And as you progress through it, you get more shards in you. Then that's how you get your abilities. So you you'll have ones that you know maybe you shoot fire or you summon a sword from beyond. Um, but you you have to go to this castle and figure out why your old friend Jebel is infesting this castle with demons. Um, and it's very Not cool, much Jeebel. Yeah. God, Jeebel. God. Classic Jeebel. Classic. Well, if, if, if anyone wanted to connect to you, uh, wh where, where can they connect? If they want to watch a stream, where would they watch? Uh, actually, best way to do it is on Twitter. You can find me at Nelstar15. Um, so that's the number 15, not the word 15, but Nelstar, N-E-L-S-T-A-R. Um, I post a lot. A, a lot on Twitter. <laughs> kind of live on it. Um, but if you also want like pro wrestling hot takes, I'm good for that too. All right. Who's your Who's your guy right now? Becky Lynch. All right. Cool. The man. All right. There we go. We're going to see the, we're going to see the big show here. Yeah, I saw him last night. The oh, guy you did. Is, is 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 he is large? I I, I can't I can't wait. I for one am shocked. As a five foot six man, I saw him and I was like, oh, hello, you're a skyscraper. <laughs> Well, dude, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. pleasure to meet you. Thanks for coming out, and we're all really excited about Control. Yeah, thank yep, you guys absolutely. for having me. All right, so that was our interview with Slate Schwartner, who does influencer relations at 505 Games. And up next is our interview with Vita Starsevich, who's a community manager at Remedy. Hope you enjoy. So we are live. We are here on day two of Garden Con. This is Steve with Nick. Good morning. We are here with Vita. Hi. Last name? Oh, all right. Okay. <laughs> Before we started recording, you were like, how do you pronounce your last name? And I said it and you were like, I'm going to let you do that. Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah. Hello. I'm Vida Starcevic. I am a community manager. I work at Remedy Entertainment. Wonderful. And Remedy Entertainment is a game developer. Yes, we are. And you develop? 
Well, we are currently making this game called Control, but we are also famous for games like Alan Wake, Max Payne, and Quantum Break. Excellent. All games that broke my video cards. <laughs> yeah, <big laughs> that's a, that's a, a killer title list. Thank you. Yeah, no, the, the Control looks great. Uh, we were talking to Slate yesterday about it. It, it The graphics are incredible. The lighting mechanics, insane. And you're doing great work, so just keep up what you're doing. So when, when I think of Remedy, I think of... Uh, very well-made, tight, precision games that are story-driven and that are not just your usual, you know, hero comes in and saves the world, right? Yeah. So what, what's your approach? What, what, what is Remedy? How close am I to how Remedy sees it? Uh, yeah, pretty close, yeah. Our approach is like taking like your regular person and throwing them into unexpected situations uh -huh. like in Alan Wake you have this guy who is a writer who's going through writer's block and then he gets to this little midwestern town and it's all weird and he doesn't know what's going on uh, there's darkness attacking him and stuff like that and then he has to He's a regular dude in an irregular situation. Same mm -hmm. thing in Quantum Break. Time goes crazy. Jack Joyce is there. He gets time powers. He has to deal with them. Same yeah. thing with Control. So Jesse comes to this impossible shifting building that is the headquarters of a strange secretive government agency that deals with supernatural stuff. And she suddenly is thrust into the middle of this huge crisis and she has a gun that changes shape and she has these telekinetic abilities. Sounds that like a bad dream. I know. <laughs> Well, is it your bad dream? It's, it's, it's a pretty good dream because, like, she can fly. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Okay, I can live with that. Yeah. That's awesome. So what is it exactly that you do at Remedy? So I'm the community manager, so that basically means that I am on Twitter a lot. Uh -huh. And uh, I come to cons like this and talk to people about the game. I chat to influencers. I do, like, a mix of social media and PR. That's great. Yeah. How Fantastic. long have you been in the space? <sighs> I've been at Remedy for like a year and a half now, and I've been in video games for four years, five years. Time is a very weird concept, but right. yeah, I started out as a video game journalist, and then I moved on to mobile games, and now I'm in uh, a big a big studio. That's awesome. Thank and, you. And so you guys are based in Finland? Yes, we are based in Finland. We are like 20 minutes out of Helsinki. It is a town called Espoo. Wonderful. That is where we've always been, because that's where one of our founders is from, and he... I don't know. I don't know if I'm dragging him right now, but he like lives really close to the office, and he's always <laughs> wanted to live really close to the office. So. so, so what's what's particularly nice about having you on the show is that you're you're female, and and we just talk to guys all day, and it's kind of getting old. So, one of the things I wanted to talk to you about is some of the uh, you know gender issues in gaming, okay. and that's something that we've actually had people come up to us and say, love to hear you talk about some gender equality issues in gaming or inequality issues in gaming and you know naturally when you think of video games you think of just uh, boys right playing games with other boys and and the women seem to be left off of that thought process but that's and forgotten. changing now, but that's hopefully. changing that's still it's it's unexpected and unfortunate that, that is happening because women were one of the first programmers women were one of the first computer engineers Preach it. not not many people know that women were one of the first like very successful narrative designers very successful game developers like Sierra I think uh, Roberta E Smith was one of the I'm so sorry if I've gotten her name wrong, but she worked on Phantasmagoria she worked on like those old oh, old that's great I grew up on Sierra games yeah me too yeah. yeah. So women have guy. always been in the space. Right. And just not given, I guess, uh, kind of maybe to the side or just as an afterthought, which is unfortunate. Right. Mm. And, and so have you ever experienced anything t 
to any degree at anything you've gone to, a convention, or just in the space dealing with other you know, game companies? Well, I have been very lucky. I know that some of my friends, some of my coworkers haven't been, but I've been very lucky in the sense that I've always been treated fairly and equally with all my employ- employers yeah. uh, and with everyone like I deal with professionally. But sometimes at cons, it's I think it's like an unconscious bias rather than people being deliberately sexist yeah, yeah. Uh, but for example if I'm at a booth with a male co-worker or anywhere working with a male co-worker and people come up to you and they will usually look at the guy and talk to the guy and kind of see you kind of sort of as kind of there as a second thing yeah yeah, yeah as kind of like <laughs> decoration oh, like, hey. <laughs> oh hey yeah. oh, hey you're, you're hey. here as well hey you yeah <laughs> hi <laughs> Uh, but I, I think it's just like a weird unconscious bias too because I unfortunately do that sometimes as well. Yeah. Uh, not mm. like when a woman is playing and I'm like, oh, she's probably not. I've had that happen to myself. And then, then I, I, I'm like, what are you doing? Yes, of course. Of course she can play video games. That's why she's right. here. There's no reason for you to be like, hey, can I help you? I feel right. like vi- video games is the great equalizer, right? <laughs> when you're playing Rocket League, I don't know who if it's a guy or a girl on the other end. Mm. And it doesn't matter because... They have two hands and a controller or, you know, playing on the keyboard and it doesn't matter. But it, it still impacts us, right? Especially when you're seeing it on Twitch or Mixer, you see the person there and you're like, oh, okay, this, this is probably not very good or competitively. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And mm-hmm. like, that's, why, why, why is that happening? And maybe it is unconscious and it needs to change somehow. Like, I know that Gegori, who is a very, she's a very successful esports player in, in Overwatch League, she faced a lot of gender discrimination when she started playing pro, yeah. for example. And I know that, like, I play Overwatch a lot, I play Destiny a lot. Sometimes if you turn on voice and you're with randos and they hear a female voice, they're immediately like, you immediately feel like a shift. Right. It's not, yeah. doesn't have to be a negative or a positive shift, but there is a shift that you feel. That yeah. was a big issue in my uh, WoW rating days. Uh, mm-hmm. It would derail an entire situation uh, when, when people would join and uh, some people would not be prepared for two genders playing the game. It's, it's like a bizarre thought, right? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, does uh, are there protections, do you know, in Finland for gender discrimination? Do you know how that works? So I, I, I admit to not knowing a lot about Finnish law. I admit to not knowing a lot about Finnish law <laughs> okay. either because I'm an expat. Uh, we are very lucky at Remedy in the sense that we have like a relocation policy so we get a relocation oh, cool. agent when we move that help. They, they basically hold your hand and help you through all of the bureaucracy and stuff. Oh, that's yeah. great. Uh, but I am not familiar with law but Finland is a very accepting country both when it comes to gender, when it comes to uh, compared to the countries where I've lived before at least it's not perfect because nowhere is. Right. That's great. Yeah. What about on because you're on the Twitter community, you're mm-hmm. on you're online co- yeah. as a community manager. Do you experience anything gender discrimination? Probably not because you're speaking for the com- like the company, so it takes that out of it. I expected, like, to be completely honest, when we announced control, I expected there to be backlash because just because it was a time when. Gamergate was kind of winding down, da- quote unquote, winding down. Yeah, we just yeah. talked still about very Gamergate. much exists. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I expected, because it is our first game with a female protagonist, so I expected people would be like, oh, you're pander- pandering to SJWs, what are you doing, <laughs> <Right>. etc. <laughs> but yeah, I see you are on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> I am very online. <laughs> uh, but I have to like say a big, a big shout to like every Remedy fan on Twitter and like our community, which has been incredible. It's been super, super positive. None of the like none of the worst case scenarios that I expected, none of them happened. That's awesome. That's amazing. Yeah. Now, uh, I'm just thinking out loud, but is that 
you know, do, do you think that has something to do with the fact that Remedy puts out a lot of thoughtful games that are, it's not just hack and slash, it's not just run around and shoot them up and watch the blood and gore and explosions, but there's a story behind it, you have to think, there's clever mechanics, you got the light mechanic and Alan Wake, you got the time mechanic and, and um, quantum break, and then, uh, you, you know, do you think that's a correlation, why maybe Remedy fans are more, you know, maybe predisposed to being I hope open-minded so. and, and thoughtful about this, or what do you think? I hope so. I just like to think that they're, they're, they're nice people and that there is a, a very loud minority of people who are prejudicing us, that kind of thing. And also just gen- generally looking at how the video game landscape has shifted in the past couple of years since Anita Sarkeesian came out with Feminist Frequency and stuff. We've had a lot more playable female protagonists. We've had mm-hmm. a lot more people of color in video games, a lot more LGBT protagonists, stuff like that. So people are like, it's definitely... It's, Bra- it's, I mean, it's on the right track, right? Yeah, it's definitely it's breaking into the mainstream. not where you necessarily wall. want it to be, but it's getting there. Yes. Because I mean, people still freaked out when Battlefield Five said they had female soldiers, right? <sighs> yeah. I mean, and a lot of them said it was because, well, it's not historically accurate, but... Yeah, you know, it was. I think it was a lot of the same people yelling about Gamergate, right? I agree. And then I lo- what I loved about that is that people. You have, on the one hand, you have people saying who that is not historically accurate, and on the other hand, you have historians and people who are passionate about history digging up all of these instances of women in wartime and how much they contributed to war efforts and stuff. So it was yeah. it was an interesting discussion to to follow. Definitely. Yeah. No. No. And and like you said, it might not be where where we want to be, but it's it's trending in the right direction. Yes. Is there anything that you think, or or what are you most excited about in gaming when it comes to, I guess, equality issues? Is it that we are heading in the right direction, uh, or is there something kind of you wanted to see more in the space? I would very much like to see more AAA studios talking to marginalized groups, so either people of color, LGBT people, disabled people, any kind of marginalized groups that can help us make our games better and make our games more inclusive and also make our communities more open to marginalized people. That would be amazing because when I come to these conventions, it's very homogenous sometimes. and. Maybe I've not been to the right conventions. That's probably also true. I've not been traveling a lot. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I would just like for it to be more inclusive for all, all of us to work together towards inclusivity. Is that what a uh, community manager does? Is that part of what you, your MO? I try. Yeah. Yeah, I try. Just ignorance here. I just don't know if it's that if it's someone else's job that does that at a at a game publish or game developer um, studios. Well, I did try recently. Like I put out a call on Twitter, uh, looking for content creators who are members of marginalized groups in any any sense mm-hmm. uh, to to get in touch to play Control because I want like we have a core demographic that we want to hit with Control. Obviously, because every game has a marketing plan. Every game has kind of that stuff. Sure. But I want to expand beyond just that so I put out like a tweet and it got a lot of attention and I got a lot of good people contacting me so oh, great. It's, yeah, yeah that's that's win, really win. cool yeah well thank you so much for your time thank you guys. Uh, we, we like to give a plug at the end where can people reach you if they want to contact you okay so my twitter is vita is online and that is the best way to contact me and my, how do you spell vita it's V-I-D-A. Good, because I know a Vita with a T, so just making sure to spell it right. It's like the Ricky Martin song. <laughs> Live in La Vida Loca right here at Guardian Con. Well, thank you so much, Vita. It was a pleasure having you on. Yeah, Thank, thank you, you for so the much. Invite. Appreciate uh, your time and the benefit of your experience. We really do. Uh, we're grateful. Thank you.
You've been listening to the Land Party Lawyers podcast series with Steve Blickensdurfer and Nick Brown. To learn more about our e-gaming and e-sports practice, visit carltonfields.com. This podcast is intended for general information and educational purposes only and should not be relied on as if it were advice about a particular fact situation. The distribution of this podcast is not intended to create and receipt of it does not constitute an attorney-client relationship with Carlton Fields. Thanks for listening.